0: Researchers at the University of California, Berkeley, and the Gladstone Institutes have grown beating cardiac tissue from stem cells in work that may lead to new ways to quickly screen for drugs likely to cause birth defects in the heart and identify drugs that may be dangerous to use during pregnancy. We spoke to Bruce Conklin, a senior investigator at the Gladstone Institute of Cardiovascular Disease, about the work, which was published in the journal Nature Communications, the promise it has for providing more accurate insights than animal models, and whether the approach could be expanded to other cell types to screen for drug toxicity to other organs. Bruce, thanks for joining
1: us. Oh, Thank you for uh, uh, taking your time to be with me.
0: We're going to talk about the work you did that was published in Nature Communications to coke stem cells into cardiac tissue as a a model of a developing heart. This has some implications for drug development, and I wanted to start there. We we hear a lot about the high cost of drug development. Drugs fail in the clinic because they're shown either to be ineffective or unsafe. What role does toxicity play in the the high cost of drug development today, and, and how much of that is the result of getting the answer later in the process after much investment has been made?
1: Well, I think that I, you know, I'm, I'm not uh, in the pharmaceutical industry directly myself, um, but I, I think that, the, that they would tell you that it's the high cost of development, and the large part of the development is the number of drugs that fail. Uh, so if you could improve the success rate, then presumably the cost of development would be lower in terms of to find a successful drug. Um, and uh, I, I would like to say that the pharmaceutical companies would pass on those savings, uh, but I, you know, there's there's also other market forces that are at play. So, I, but I, but I certainly would say that the uh, that that is one of the, the causes of uh, the high cost. So um, I think that the one of the real problems that we've had with uh, with testing drugs in the past. Is that we've relied on animal models for most of the toxicity, and although we're very similar to a mouse or other uh, species which are used for um, uh, for uh, for these t- toxicity testing, that that in fact that that we're quite different when it comes down to the details and particularly a mouse has a heart which beats at 600 beats per minute uh, and ours uh, is uh, we'd be dead basically if we were beating at 600 beats per minute and really our, the normal resting rate would be more like 60 or 70 beats per minute so that is that's a huge difference in terms of the physiology of a mouse heart compared to a human heart and so it, it, because of the, the entire, uh, the, the setup of the heart is so, so different, uh, it's not surprising that they, at a physiologic level, they're very different, and therefore, they're different toxicities and different susceptibilities to, to drugs. Um, so, the great advance which has occurred is that we can now um, use, uh, first we used embryonic stem cells, human embryonic stem cells, and now we use. The induced pluripotent stem cells uh, to, um, as the starting material, those cells proliferate so we can get large amounts of them, and then we can make those directly into heart cells, and they're now human heart cells.
0: Why don't you walk us through exactly what you did?
1: So, I mean, the whole process begins when we take a normal human uh, and they have some, uh, we can take some skin cells, any types of cells uh, that are, that would be used, the types of cells that would actually normally heal a wound, we just take some of those cells and they grow in a plate, and we can transform those cells into induced pluripotent cells, or IPS cells is what we call them. And the IPS cells are the ones which actually behave exactly like a human Embryonic stem cell, but it's not from a fertilized egg. It's actually from a person who we we know and we can examine, and we can say is normal with respect to their heart exam and their. Uh, so they have a normal heart. They have a normal. Uh, they they have normal mentation. All all sorts of other things are normal about them, and that's something we don't know about embryonic stem cells because those embryonic stem cells come from a fertilized. Egg, but we have no idea if it would actually grow a normal heart, uh, if we were allowed to. So, so that's a huge difference is that we're starting material is actually we absolutely know would make a normal, uh, heart and that, and, and, or, and, or, or other, other body parts. And then what we do is initially it was very difficult to make IPS cells, uh, or embryonic stem cells into cardiac cells efficiently so when the start when we started off in the mid like 2005 with this sort of work we couldn't we we'd we have a good day would be one in a thousand cells would be a, a little beating heart cell in a corner of a dish and uh, we could actually study those cells but it was it was very very difficult to actually uh, do experiments because there were just a few cells and they were in a sea of other types of cells over the last few years, we've been able to uh, develop techniques so that we can make now sh- beating sheets of cells, and this is from work from people all over the world that have been working on making this method better, and now we can get a sheet of cells that are beating at the, at the bottom of a plate, which are now almost 100% uh, cardiomyocytes, heart cells. Yep. and. So the so that was the beginning part of when we began to start with to collaborate with with Kevin Healy. But uh, can
0: well, how, how do you get these cells to differentiate and organize? So the
1: so the the we have the the way those the, those initial cocktails uh, were developed is sort of, it's sort of like cooking. People try different things, and then the cells become. Uh, ch- changed. We know through using developmental biology what the key, some of the key signals are for turning a cell into a, a, an embryonic cell into a heart. Using studies where a certain thing, as hormone treatments and so on, cause uh, developmental defects in mice and things like that, and we can use clues from that and then uh, a series of drugs uh, to uh, to then change the media over, uh, there's several different media changes with different drug exposures over a period of about two or three weeks, and then you get this beating sheet of cells. So So, that's the the starting point.
0: So how do you Uh, use those then to test the toxicity or potential toxicity of a drug?
1: Well, okay, I I think the the, the step, though, that is, is missing, I think, with that's relevant to this story is that we started off with these beating sheets of cells and what Kevin Healy asked and we were collaborating with him is that he, they asked, what if we now, instead of having the sheet of cells be, um, you know, l- 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 covering the entire well, what if we put them into a very, very small container so they, he, they printed uh, and or made a little... Very very small um, holes in the in the in the tissue culture dish that were only 800 microns wide. So there's less than a millimeter in diameter. And they asked the question, "What would confinement do to these cells?" And I thought that they would be actually all you'd get is now a very very small. Sheet of cells uh, as you cut these differentiation, but that 's where the surprise came in this study, and the surprise came because the cells actually formed around the edge a, a, a the fibroblast uh, grew and stuck it to the edge of this circle this this disc, and then the instead of forming just a what I thought would be maybe Beating cells in the center of a, like a target, uh, that was flat. The beating cells in the center actually ballooned up and then became sort of like a hot air balloon where it's fixed at the, around the edges and then it's ballooning up out of the, out of the dish so that it's actually taller than it is wide. And it's beating in the center with beating cells, and then it's hollow in the center, and the, uh, the in, inside the balloon, and this is what we, why we call it a microchamber, not just a sheet of cells.
0: So then how do you use it to test drugs?
1: So, so then this captures uh, different aspects of development, obviously forming a chamber versus actually just a sheet of cells. And so what, uh, what, uh, they decided to do is to test different drugs that were, were known to be toxic, cardiotoxic, and to see whether it could capture a, uh, a toxicity that wouldn't, wouldn't be seen otherwise. And we, um, used thalidomide, which is a drug which has been known to actually cause uh, many types of developmental disorders, but the most serious ones were the heart, uh, defects. And sure enough, it actually caused a defect in these mini chambers, which is not, was not appreciated uh, when the cells were, when the same drug was given to mice. And, and unfortunately for the people who got uh, thalidomide, uh, it had been tested in mice and had been tested in animals and was deemed to be safe uh, even in pregnancy uh, because the mice didn't get any uh, t- toxicity from it. But in fact, when, when now when we give it to these human mini-chambers... Uh, uh, cardiac chambers—they actually are, are really malformed, and so it would be obvious that there's a, a problem with thalidomide uh, in in human uh, in this human model of development.
0: Would this only give us insight into the effect a drug might have on a developing fetus, as opposed to an adult?
1: Well, I think that the this, this, remember the things that we're seeing are, are really. Small. You can see them, but very, very small. Uh, And so this is this is only modeling the very early uh, early uh, stage of development. Now, one one of the things we can do though is we can make the cells into different. Formats and and even sort of stretch them and exercise them and things like that and we can can get them into a more adult phenotype and a lot of what my lab actually works on and, and, and Kevin's lab works on is uh, is actually on uh, t- drug toxicities in adult uh, in adult tissues as well so there the there but there be different formats for trying to try out you know, really, very, very early developmental stages versus uh, modeling adult stages.
0: Well, your co-author, Kevin Healy, a few months ago unveiled a system of beating human heart cells on a chip that could be used to screen for drug toxicity. Is How does that differ from what was done here, and is that something that could uh, address an, an adult population?
1: Well, I, uh, it's, it's hoped. That it could, and I think that that's that's the direction that we're going. And uh, sort of tissues on chips, we can actually potentially use um, for uh, screening adult uh, toxicities, and, and certainly that format, and several other formats that we're we're working together on, and, and so on, is is certainly something that we uh, we are studying, I think that the unique thing about this one is that it actually, that's only really primarily one type of tissue. We're just looking at the cardiac tissue. And if you look at the pictures of the microchamber, you actually see that the microchamber just has the cardiac cells are just one portion of the of of what's developing. And then there's a whole other cell type, which we don't actually even know what it is, uh, that is the layer below that, which is the majority of the cells, and then below that are these fibroblasts. So you have like a layer cake of different kinds of cells which are all conspiring together. And that kind of interaction between multiple cell types. Is something that we is is more difficult for us to model in, uh, say, for instance, the the tissue chips that the other t- types of tissue chips, where it's just cardiac myocyte.
0: Well, could either of these approaches, as it were, be industrialized? Can can a ready supply be created economically for use in drug development?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think that that's one of the one of the big advantages of um, the, the 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 tissue chip concept is that we can get the cells down to a small enough volume so that we um, can actually test uh, potentially thousands or hundreds or, or thousands of different drugs with them. So I think that the, the reason to make things small is actually so that you can actually have, um, you can test a you can make many of them without having a huge cost of making the material actually so making like a full you know a piece of heart like the size of a bacon or something like that would could cost thousands of uh, tens of thousands of dollars um or perhaps a hundred thousand dollars just to make that and so you'd want to have something which is which is much smaller so that it's economical enough so that you can test many drugs and test them uh, over and over again to say show that it's reproducible.
0: Well, you've done this work in heart cells is it transferable to other organ systems can we develop oh, similar ab- tests for say liver toxicity or
1: That's uh, yeah. In fact, the liver is the furthest along I think that there's actually already uh, groups which have industrialized uh, the use of the uh, of liver cells uh, to, uh, on little microchips and there are multiple other groups that are working on that. So I think that that's, that's an area which is readily, uh, already developed. Neural cells, uh, could potentially be put onto, uh, chips as well. Um, and I think that we're one of the the, the wonderful, amazing things about the um, the IPS cells, and in, in, uh, in, in particular, uh, is that they are poised to form any tissue in your body. So it's essentially just just a trick. It's just a, it's a matter of time before we can figure out how to make just about any tissue, and including these tissues, which we've never had real access to you know you you uh, for instance i'm sure are very interested in medical research but if i asked for a piece of your heart uh, just a little piece even to uh, to study in our lab and uh, i told you that it would you know be cultured in a dish for uh, for a few weeks and then die uh, you probably wouldn't be too enthused about the, about making that donation but if i were to take some skin cells from you and make your cells into a limitless supply of of uh, pluripotent cells that could make unlimited numbers of cardiac cells. It would be a more interesting uh, you know proposition, and obviously you know it's something that you can take further along. And and that's just exactly the way things are. We could get heart tissue from a transplant situation, but it would only grow for a few weeks, and then you really couldn't. Um, you couldn't reproduce it because you'd only have that limited supply of cells, and so it's it's a it's really transformed the whole situation for the the whole research uh, uh, setting that we can get an unlimited supply of cells, which we can actually engineer and and do uh, you know change their genomes uh, and grow them. It sort of, uh, at uh, you know essentially now really uh, the the limitation is really just funding to get to get these uh, cells uh, made.
0: Bruce Conklin a senior investigator at the Gladstone Institute of Cardiovascular Disease and a professor of medical genetics and cellular and molecular pharmacology at UC San Francisco Bruce thanks so much for your time today Thank you Thanks for listening the bio report is a production of the Levine Media Group.